It's time for JT the Brick. I'm working for free today. Get the blank out of here. The tackles that are coming into this program have now got to... One of them's got to pop like Daryl Russell. One of them's got to pop. Who's it going to be? How long have we been waiting for a young defensive tackle to come in here since Daryl Russell and go, I got this. Don't take me off the field. I'm a beast. JT the Brick. I'm on a roll. I want an elite superstar, 25-year-old linebacker who's going to play five years in a row. You're going to pay him a new contract, and he's just great. This place hasn't done that well, and now Dave Ziegler probably could do a much better job at that position, I would believe, because the Patriots had a lot of good linebackers. Play that rant again. I'll get the hell out of here. And now, here's JT the Brick. Out of the gate, JT here today, and we're ready to roll. Good show lined up for you. That's always my goal. Give you everything I got for two hours. Energy, passion, never slow down the priority of the Raider Nation. As we kick it off today, still summertime radio, getting ready for some real football. Not that Canton wasn't real, not that the Vikings aren't real, but you all know we're counting down to the Chargers. The first home game of the year is actually in Los Angeles as the Raider Nation is ready to invade SoFi Stadium Chargers week one. I like that game week one. No matter what happens, I want Herbert week one. I don't want him week five. I don't want him week six. I don't want him all lathered up, ready to go. Let's catch him game one, but who's going to be on the roster? That's kind of the focus of what we're doing here over the next couple of weeks. We're brought to you by PTs. They fuel the monologue. I'm proud to work with them. Their team members, the staff, everybody who works with this company do a great job every year raising money to give back to our community. This year, PT's Taverns raised $20,000 for Doris Hancock Elementary School. The donation will help teachers decorate classrooms, purchase supplies, and support plays and other programs throughout the year. For everyone involved in PTs, thanks for the support, for the children, school, the community. We always appreciate PTs. They really do care about the community, and they have from the day I've been with them. So they get us going every day, and I bring them up first. So where do we want to go today? I want to get into a couple of players and the depth of this team, and I'm looking into prepping the show today. And Adam Hill had a nice column on Ron Harmon, the safety and the impact that he could have on the team. Vinny Bonsignor wrote a great cover story. Vinny's going to join us at 1230. Bill Williamson, I think, has been covering the Raiders longer than anybody. 25, 26 years. He's going to join us at 110. I have an NBA hit on Kevin Durant with Kurt Heelan from Basketball Talk and Sam and Ash, our personal injury attorneys, on the Marshawn Lynch issue, which I don't know Marshawn well. But he's a big part of the Raider Nation, and uh, we'll see what happens there. The comments there, I I follow the law when it comes to all that. I don't have a lot of opinions. You know where I stand on DUIs and what's happened here before. And I've been talking about that for 25 years, what I I think about DUIs. But that's later on in the show. But here's what I want to lead with today. And I want to make sure that I mention this in context of what I'm talking about. I'm not pointing to any player. Okay, so if I'm saying that disclaimer, I must be getting into something. So I want to talk about what you believe is the obligation for players in all sports, but if you want to make it the Raiders, go ahead, who are under contract. That's all I want to talk about. If you're under contract with the team, Josh Jacobs, Darren Waller, Derek Carr, whoever it is, you're under contract, what is your obligation for practice? What's your obligation for the preseason? What's your obligation in the community? What's your obligation on game day if you're under contract? Because what's happening in sports now 
And we saw it this offseason with DK Metcalf. And we've seen it with a couple of star players in this league. Kyler Murray, the big one. Is if players don't like their contract and they think they outperformed it, they want more money. They want more money. But they signed a contract and they agreed to that with their agent. Whoever it was, rookie contract. You know, maybe you signed an extension year two. Maybe you're waiting on an extension because you had a good year. So with that, I want to open up the show with that because that is a huge topic, not in the NFL as much as it is in the NBA and in other sports where players believe that they outperform their contract and they deserve to be rewarded ahead of time. Where do you stand on that? Because let me give you my basis coming back from Canton at the Cliff Branch event. Everybody in that room, I mean everybody who played under Al Davis, they love playing under Al Davis. They love winning championships, but they stressed out their contract, some of them. I mean, the story of Mark Davis representing Cliff Branch is how they became best friends and what Mark was doing to try to get his father to get Cliff more money. And then Cliff performed unbelievable in the Super Bowl. The rest is history. He gets more money. Mark Davis and Al Davis. That story is a really big legacy play and a cool story about Mark when he was representing Cliff. And for those who didn't know what Mark was doing in the past, Mark was doing a lot. He was doing a lot behind the scenes. And as Mark says, the most important part of this franchise is their alumni. But you know, I'm just fascinated because I get worn down on this topic a lot. And again, it's not a Raider topic. It's a really big macro topic in sports. How you, the fan, you, you don't get, get a chance to get out of your DirecTV contract. You don't get a chance to negotiate this CBS deal with Fox on college football. You don't get a chance to go to Allegiant Stadium and say, you know, the parking's too much. Can you lower my parking? Or whatever it is. You're just a fan. You're a fan. And I'm a fan behind a microphone. So when I look at contracts around the league and I look at contracts in football, this is now what's happening going forward. It's more than a trend. If you, if you sign as a rookie and you're a great player, you do not have to wait till your fifth-year option. We all get that. You don't have to do that anymore. You used to have to do that. So, But back in the day when Jamarcus Russell, which wasn't a long time ago, what did he get, $38 million guaranteed? So he didn't have to worry about a second contract. They gave him it all. Then the league... And the owners collectively bargain these new contracts for the rookie contract. And there's basically a rookie scale. If you get drafted number 16 in the first round or number 24, there's a slot for you. You're going to get it. But what's happening now is players are saying, no, 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 no. I outperformed that contract. Kyler Murray was the number one pick overall. He wasn't taken in the third round. He was number one overall. And he wasn't going to play this year unless they did his contract. DK Metcalf, same thing. I look at the list of the receivers and the quarterbacks who are saying now, no, 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 you got to pay me because I'm worth more. Well, what about the contract you signed? What about the contract extension you signed during your rookie deal? What about the fact that no one ever knew who the hell you were and you were discovered and now you want a new contract? So when you look at this, I just want to know where you stand from a player's perspective. In regards to Darren Waller, I consider us friends. I've been here from the day he got here from the day they discovered him in Baltimore, and I think he's a tremendous human being. He's one of those guys, I say, great player, better in real life than he is as a player. Same thing with Max. I know Derek. I don't know a lot of these new guys. I've never met him. Met a few, a handful of them, just like you have. 
But now in this league and what Dave Ziegler has to deal with and other coaches around the league, they have to deal with players' expectations on what they signed. Wait a second. You signed the contract, right? You have an agent, representation, you got a lawyer. You looked at the contract, it looks good, then you signed it. And then a year or two later, you don't like it? Too bad. I, I was hanging out with Reggie Kinlaw and Kenny King and Jim Plunkett. You think Jim Plunkett outperformed his contract when he came over? You think Jim Plunkett, when he was the third-string quarterback, outperformed his contract? Do you think that Jim Plunkett, I'm sure he got a bump. I don't know the exact dollars. But I'm sure that Jim Plunkett wasn't considering after taking the Raiders as the first-ever wild-card team to ever win a title. I don't think that Jim Plunkett was threatening to sit out because he didn't like the deal. But some people say that's old school. Get off my lawn stuff. Now it's new. So where do you stand on this topic, new school, old school, in regards to living up to your deal? I think the most fascinating contract that is left is Lamar Jackson and what's going to happen in Baltimore because he doesn't have an agent. He doesn't have an agent, and he deserves more money than Deshaun Watson, who was creepy and lewd and crude with women and got $230 million guaranteed. The reason why most NFL owners despise Jimmy Haslam is he set the bar at a quarter of a billion dollars guaranteed for a guy who wasn't even playing, was out of the league in Houston because of these allegations, and the other owners are going, really, Jimmy? Really, Jimmy? Kirk Cousins got $84 million guaranteed. We get it. You're going to give this kid $230 million? So what do you do with Lamar Jackson now? If I was him, I wouldn't need an agent. I wouldn't give an agent 6, 6% or 7% of $240 million? That That small fee is generational wealth. If I'm Lamar Jackson, I go into the room and say, here's the deal. You give me 250 guaranteed, no agency fee. I get it before taxes, and I want it for this amount of years, four or five years, and I'll take this much as a signing bonus, and that's where we'll start. And if you don't like it, I'll sit out. And I'll go somewhere else after that, and you can trade me. That's what you do. But if you're in this league, and you're under contract, and you're not practicing, or if you're not playing, and you're not participating on any team around the NFL, and there happens to be new coaches, and new, a new staff, and a new scheme, and you're under contract, that's an interesting topic to me. Because I'm not going to ride with the new belief well, you know, he's a good guy or he's this guy. Uh, Josh Jacobs is in a unique situation. He didn't have his fifth-year option picked up. They handed him the ball in Canton. Didn't hear a peep out of him. He's a football player. That's it. He went out and played. I don't know how much he's going to play against Minnesota. Uh, speaking of Minnesota, Friday, Harry Ruiz is in for me. We have the TV and radio production meeting. First one this year with Rich Gannon, Matt Millen, Beth Mowens, Jason Horowitz, Lincoln Kennedy. I'm in on that. So I'll get a chance to sit in the room with the GM and the coach, and they'll tell us certain things that we'll know about for the broadcast, but we won't repeat. And they won't repeat in the broadcast, kind of like a get-to-know-each-other and get a vibe of what the coach and the GM are thinking about the year. So I'm looking forward to being in the room for that. But contracts in sports is my summer topic today. And as DeMond's laughing at that, what I mean by summer topic is in three weeks, on Wednesday, I'm previewing Arizona. I'm previewing the Chargers. It's like Monday, recap of the game. Tuesday, no practice, recap of the game. Wednesday, preview the opponent. Thursday, preview the opponent. And we don't come up for air. Hopefully, it'll February. 
And we, we got all these insiders that were slotting into boxes, including two of them today, that we're going to give you that I really think is going to make the show more, more unique than it's ever been. We're always trying to evolve. Uh, more gambling this year. Definitely going to mix that into the show because we got so many handicappers and we're based in Vegas and we have people streaming who want to know the point spread and all that. Uh, we have the alumni locked in already. I'll have the coaches interview and we'll hopefully get a bunch of players from over at the Raider facility, depending on where we're there. But that's when the season starts. And now we are sitting here August 10th, waiting for the Minnesota Vikings to come to town, which is a fun team, man. You want to talk about a team that's underachieved the last couple of years. This team has Super Bowl talent a couple of years ago. I like Kirk Cousins a lot. I do. He's a hell of a player. He just can't take a team and carry it to the Super Bowl. Something Carr's been accused of. I think Carr's better than Cousins, but they're pretty close if you look at touchdowns, yards, and efficiency. And they got a lot of pressure on them. The Viking franchise, the pressure's on Cousins. The Raiders franchise, the pressure's on Carr. A lot of pressure on quarterbacks. But there should be a statue, a statue at every football player's backyard. You know when you have the Knolls in the back by the garden? There should be a Kirk Cousins statue in every football player's house or backyard because he was the first player ever to get a guaranteed contract, ever. Not Troy Aikman, not Joe Montana, not Tom Brady. It was Kirk Cousins, $84 million guaranteed. And then all of a sudden, in the blink of an eye, it's Deshaun Watson, $230 million guaranteed. Guaranteed money. Man, players want it, don't they? They want signing bonuses. They want guarantees. But what the players will tell you and the union will tell you is they can get cut at any time. I believe they should be able to get cut every time. Let me tell you why. Because if a player gets hurt playing football and blows out his knee, I don't think the owner should have to pay him for three years to play football. Do we understand that? If a player isn't available, now in baseball, if you blow out your knee, you get paid. It's a guaranteed contract. Football, you got to bring in another player to do that. You got to get another player in there for maybe that type of money. So that's why football players get their signing bonus. That's why they want $45 million, $60 million, $30 million to sign because in case they blow out their knee on a five year deal and they only play four games, they get that signing bonus. I mean, you really don't think they should get the signing bonus and then four years of salary if they never play again. And that's what's happening with these agents and players now. They're looking at their contracts. They're saying, well, I overexceeded that contract. I was better this year. Last year I played 16 games or 14 games. I put up these numbers, and the other tight end in the other division is making double of me or the other running back or the other defensive end. Too bad. You signed a contract. We'll get you a new one when the time's up. When your contract's up, we'll get you another one. <laughs> right? I've been, I've been doing contracts in radio for 25 years. When my contract's up, 90% of my career, I got a new one. And I picked a number, and if it was good, we signed it. And it was never me going, man, man, I did unbelievable shows for six months. They were better than I thought. Can I have more money? It doesn't work that way. But it works that way in sports, man. It's called moving the goalpost. It's agreeing to terms and then all of a sudden thinking you deserve more. I've never heard an athlete ever say I deserve less. To take take four million off because I didn't play, I wasn't available. But now these players have leverage in sports like I've never seen. It's a great topic I had with my dad about Kevin Durant because my dad's in New York and it's on the news constantly. And he's like, "Can you believe this guy? Can you believe this guy's got four years left and he wants to coach and the GM fired?" And he's Kevin Durant. 
one of the greatest players of all time. And that's now becoming normal only for the stars, only for the superstars that you care the most about. So that's the monologue for now, 702-365-9200. We're asking you here in the first hour of the show what you believe is the current, what do you believe is the current status of these contracts and what's happening in these contracts, and you believe that players should stay by their contract the entire time because that is changing, and that is changing in a big way. All right, JT. Yeah, this is a fascinating topic. And, you know, you mentioned Lamar Jackson and Deshaun Watson. That's also one of the major troubles in sports and contracts. Look, just because the Browns overpaid or a team overpays, so to speak, for somebody doesn't mean somebody else has to compound the problem and throw even more money at it. And, again, this is my whole topic, and this isn't whether what you think Lamar Jackson's worth or what he isn't. Lamar Jackson has another year left on their contract. My biggest problem with all these players, especially in the NFL now, they all want their next contract done before the current contract is up. You're a thousand percent right. He's got a five-year contract, you know, a four-year, not a four-year contract. You're under contract. I don't know what's going on with Darren Waller. I haven't heard anything out of him yet. But again, he's got another year left on his deal. The Raiders don't have to pay him. The Ravens don't have to pay Lamar Jackson right now. The Cardinals didn't have to pay Kyler Murray, who we know he's small. He's already been beat up and had injury problems. Now you're having tr- tr- you're hearing that he, you know some of the players complaining he's not a great leader and he's not really well liked in the locker room. Why do you go out and give him that kind of money? At some point, the owners are going to have to take a stand, JT, and stand up to these owners and these players. And you said exactly what I was going to say. To the person that calls up and says, well, in the NFL, a contract's not really a contract. You can get cut at any time. Right, you can. But you don't have to give the signing bonus back. You get to keep your 10 to $50 million or whatever you sign for. No other business gives you a third of your money up front. So if you get cut in the middle of the contract, you still get to keep all of your signing bonus money. So, again, a lot of it starts with these agents, and I don't blame them. They get away with what they can get away with. But at some point, these owners in these sports are going to have to take a stance or they're going to have to put something in the collective bargaining agreement. That Your contract is your contract. We're not going to renegotiate until your current contract is up, and that's just the way it is. Same thing with Kevin Durant. I would love the owner of the Nets to basically tell him, we're going to find out how convicted you are. You want to retire, retire. But we're not just going to turn around and trade you after you signed a four-year contract because now you don't like the coach that you signed off on three years ago was a big problem with this mess. That's a whole other issue, JT. I wanted to call about NFL. You know my feeling about Durant and the NBA players. But again... Stop giving these guys a contract and adhering to their wishes when they want to hold out when they still have a year left on the contract. Tell them, go ahead and hold out. You still owe us a year. You're eventually going to play that last year of the contract, or you're not going to play and you're going to forfeit millions of dollars. Thank you, my friend. I'll talk to you soon. Yeah, and it's about player entitlement. It's about player entitlement and the ability for players to want more than they're entitled to. That's what this topic is. The topic becomes, does the player get the money on time, or does he ask for it earlier? That's all this is. That's what happens in sports, and it's changed in your lifetime. Again, I was with a lot of guys in Canton who played in the 70s and 80s. That means they're in their 60s or 70s. It was a different world. And none of them are bitter about these guys. They're not saying they don't deserve the money and all that, but they helped break the ceiling for all these guys now who are playing, some who are sitting out, some who don't practice, 
let alone they don't do two-a-days and pads and don't do what the legends did who have the gold jackets, and now some of them want to sit out and get more money ahead of time? Let that sink in for a second. How much has the world changed? Maybe you're old enough and there was black and white televisions and they became color. Or maybe you had a Walkman and a CD player and now you have an MP3 and you have an iPod. And then you have something new, right? Everything changes in life. But to think that the sport has changed that much, the sport, the preparation for athletes, life's easier for these athletes, man. They got more money. They eat better. They sleep better. They stay in better hotels. They travel privately. They do everything they want. It costs a lot of money to do that. It's not cheap. Their families have it easier. Their partners don't have to work, right? Talking to a football player at the Hall of Fame at the Raider party, 61, no, 68 years old, said his wife worked the entire time he played. Let that sink in. Wife worked the entire time, full time as they raised the family, and he worked in the offseason. It wasn't that long ago. He had a gold jacket on. That's the way it used to be. Now it's different. And we pat these players on the back for doing great things. But live up to your contract. Live up to your contract. And maybe if there's a chance that you're so great that you blew the contract away, I understand. Maybe you deserve a little bump. But Kyler Murray deserved a big bump like that? No. As Chris said, they could have made him wait another year and mentally his head would have popped. He was a whining, and I'm an Oklahoma guy. My son goes to Oklahoma. He was whiny, sniveling, crybaby because he wanted new money. We're not seeing that from Lamar Jackson. I'm not seeing that from Darren Waller. He's at the Aces game sitting next to the owner. Seems to be in a good spot. But there are a lot of other players now flexing for more money. Raider West, you're up next on the flagship of the Raiders. Thanks for waiting. Hey, JP, thanks for having me on the on the show. Thank you. Um, in this world that's full of gray, I try to keep things as black and white as possible. <laughs> that could be my downfall. Who knows? We're not talking about that. But all I'm saying is if I were to sign a contract with vendor A saying that I am going to come through with said parts at a said agreement price, then all of a sudden it gets closer to my time where I'm going to go and I'm going to say, wait a minute. Uh, you know what? I don't like these terms. I think I earned, I should earn more money. Uh, and I don't come through. I get sued, JC. And I get sued for whatever that person feels like they lost. And that's just where I'm going to keep it at. I don't know what the legal, how the legal things go between the NFLPA and the NFL and Goodell and all that. I don't know, but it's time to take this into a legal matter. Hold these players accountable. You signed a contract, play out your contract. If you if you deserve a new one, that's between you and the owner or the GM and whatever behind closed doors. Don't make it public. Play your contract, please. Stop being a baby. Thanks, JP. Yeah, and thank you for that because a lot of the players now are going public with that. And we just talked about it yesterday. Roquan Smith, as I was driving in today to the studios here at Lotus Broadcasting, I got a phone call from a friend of mine said, hey, what do you think about Roquan Smith to the Raiders? <laughs> I'd love that. I'd love that, but he's really expensive. The reason why he doesn't like the co- uh, the contract in Chicago is not so much the money, it's the language of the money, and he thought that he'd be resetting the linebacker market lower. And I really respect that. He thought that the contract would hurt other linebackers around the league when they wanted a contract. I don't specific, I'm not a specific expert in linebacker money, but that's what he did, and he didn't sign that he doesn't want that contract that they have on the table. Would he be a great fit for the Raiders, Roquan Smith? Oh, my God, the guy's great. He'd be the best player on the defense other than Max Crosby and Chandler Jones. Can the Raiders afford him? 
They got some cap space. But maybe Dave Ziegler wants a swing right tackle. Maybe he's waiting to pay Darren Waller. Maybe he needs the money for something else. We will let Dave Ziegler handle all of that the way I have for 24 years on the radio with this team. We're not going to sit here and say, man, man, Dave, he's the new guy. We just met him. Man, he shouldn't sign this guy. He should save the money for that guy. We can have opinions on that, but they're going to make the call. And we have to trust that these guys are super sharp. Man, they come from a system in New England where if you're not available, if you're not getting better, if you're not a great teammate, you're gone. You're gone. And I think fortunately because they came here, there were a lot of good players in place. Really, Derek Carr, Max Crosby, Denzel Perryman in place here to lead this team. They're in a good spot, but they're going to bring in their guys. And one of their guys is Deron Harmon, who's got three Super Bowls and is in that safety room. And I like his experience if he gets thrown in a starting situation. And he's playing more so than not because of all the big games he played in. We covered a lot here. We're going to get Vinny Bonsignor coming up next to talk about what I'm mentioning. Contracts, depth what he thinks of the depth chart. Vinny is all over this. He asked the first questions at the press conference. We'll get an idea from Vinny about some of the guys who aren't on the practice field and what does it mean, and the guys who are out there who are impressing. So I'm really looking forward to this conversation, and Vinny will join us every week throughout the season. You hear him now in the morning show. JT, demand in for Bobby as we begin on Raider Nation Radio. Welcome back to the JT The Brick Show, brought to you by the Botanist Gin, the number one fastest growing brand. Step up your cocktail game with the Botanist Gin. JT, back with you as we continue on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM, the flagship of the Silver and Black, brought to you by Virgin Hotels Las Vegas. Hope you've been over there for all their restaurants, the theater, where the concerts are fantastic, out to Cassie Beach, the pool, which is unbelievable. If you haven't been out to Virgin Hotels Las Vegas, head on out there. There's a lot happening this summer, especially Alaria Beach and everything they're doing at their pool parties, man. Everybody loves a pool party. Try the new one. It's been going on for a while now, but it's really hot. Fans love it. They keep going back. Virgin Hotels Las Vegas. All right, Vinny Bonsignor is going to join us here in a moment. We're just talking about contracts in general. If you want to tie it into the Raiders, you can. Remember, you can talk about whatever you want to talk about on the show. Anytime, any day, any topic, I think I'm prepared for you in the Raider Nation. Uh, we'll host the show Sunday at the Torch. Uh, meet me at the Torch. That's going to be exciting. It's the first preseason game against Minnesota. And looking forward to seeing the rotation and the players. I think Josh McDaniels is going to keep us all on the edge on who's going to play, how much they're going to play. Uh, how often they're going to play the rest of the preseason because this is the first preseason game for the Vikings and most teams this weekend, and that's a big deal. Vinny Bonsignor, Raider Nation Radio, the Las Vegas Review-Journal. And, Vinny, I just said before you came on, I think Josh McDaniels is going to keep everyone on their toes, the media, the players, everybody on who's playing, how much of the preseason they're going to play after what we saw in Canton. Yeah, and uh, thanks for having me on, uh, JT. I think it really boils down to um, he's going to make the decisions that he believes uh, are the right decisions for the team. Um, and there's no conventional necessarily wisdom in that. There's no big-picture thing that he's drawing from. I think he truly takes it kind of on a day-to-day basis, sees where his team is. Can they use uh, the preseason? Can certain players use the preseason to get better or for assessment purposes? Uh, or whatever the case might be, um, and so he's going to use that game 
as a tool for to meet his ends. And it might not be everybody's ends, and it might not uh, be how everyone else might approach it or handle it, but he's going to do what he believes is best for his football team. Yeah, and I like that. I think it's important, and different coaches have different philosophies. Have you noticed anything different from his practice style? You, you don't cover the Patriots, but you've been around the league a long time with the Belichick philosophy on training camp because on the other side of the country, Belichick's going through hell. Even the local media and some of the media that they've usually had covering the team that know they can only ask certain questions, they are raging back in New England about Mac Jones and the regression they're seeing. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that his offensive coordinator is now the head coach of the Raiders. Yeah, and um, I'm not quite sure they know exactly what they're doing in terms of the offensive coordinator, uh, play caller, and all that type of stuff. Uh, in New England, it, it seems like Bill Belichick is trying to groom some people or get some some uh, coaches that that you know he's worked for or, or or have worked for under him previously, some experience on the offensive side of the ball. And does that you know uh, in, uh, hinder Mac Jones? I guess we're going to have to wait uh, to the regular season to to kind of find out. But uh, yeah, I, to, to answer your original question, there's no doubt that we're seeing things done a little bit differently. Uh, under this regime uh, than in past regimes. And one thing, it kind of I liken it to when you go to the Senior Bowl in Mobile, Alabama, there's mm-hmm. some practices that are structured in order to give talent evaluators, coaches, ge- general managers, scouts that are there to see the best seniors uh, in the country in, in that showcase event. Well, in the week leading up to practice, practices are created and structured in a way uh, that you're going to try to replicate as many battles that you're going to see uh, on the actual football field. So you're going to see... Uh, let's say five five players, five offensive players against five defensive players, where you've got running backs and tight ends matched up specifically and only against safeties and linebackers. Because guess what? Safeties and linebackers have to defend tight ends and running backs in pass coverage. So you'll they'll kind of boil it down to those players, those five specific players, offensively and defensively, and let them go at it in ways that you actually see in the game. And you see that with the wide receivers and cornerbacks, wide receivers blocking, uh, blitzing linebackers to pick up, you know, on, on, on blitz pickup, and then also uh, on, on run, leading, leading the, 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 the run game where your fullback is, is battling your, your linebacker. And you just see more of that. You see more of, yes, you see 11-on-11, 11 11. yes, you see 7-on-7, seven seven, and there's a lot of that. But in addition to that, way more than we've seen in the past, you see those condensed groups uh, where you're seeing real uh, practical matchups that you're actually going to see in the game and forcing linebackers and safeties to defend the kind of players that they're going to have to defend in actual games. Vinny Bonsignor is our guest. You're kind of a voice of reason. I love listening to you and reading what you're writing about because you don't panic. And I was listening today. To the morning show with you, Heidi, and Clay, I caught a few minutes of it with Eddie Borselli, who I work with at SiriusXM, and you, you look around and you see guys who haven't been in practice for a while. And we're not talking about two or three practices for a while. You hear Waller, and then you look at Rocky Sin, and then you look at the defensive tackles who haven't been available. And you're a guy that a lot of people count on to say, hey, what's the temperature in the room on getting these guys back that we're assuming are going to come back at a pace which is comfortable for them, they're not missing valuable time, it's not the regular season. How do you handle that every day as you cover this team? Yeah, and, um, you know, uh, to put out any fires, I don't get the sense um, that there's anything serious going on 
really with any of those guys. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Brandon Parker could be a different story. We'll see what ends up uh, happening uh, with him. He got injured in the uh, in the game on Thursday night. I think some decisions are going to have to be made uh, on that. But um, you know, as far as Jonathan Hankins and Bilal Nichols and Trayvon Mullen. Um, the, the sense is that they're going to be back sooner than later, um, and I think it's going to beat the August 23 uh, deadline, which if you're still on the pup list after that or can't get back after that, then you're starting to talk about missing games. Um, so, so it sounds like and it seems like uh, that, that those guys are going to be back here relatively soon. Uh, when you're talking about a Darren Waller, um, there's no reason to push Darren Waller right now. This is at this point in training camp, if there's anything going going on, and I'm just throwing this out there, let's say there's a little bit of a hamstring going on, or or, or you know some sort of a leg muscle situation going on, and I don't know what the injury is mm-hmm. that he's dealing with, but you're going to be extra cautious with what whatever it is with a Darren Waller because while these reps you know are meaningful, there's no question about them. Uh, Josh McDaniels takes them seriously. Every NFL team takes them seriously. Um, they're not so serious that you'd sacrifice somebody by bringing them back. Uh, earlier, just to get them on the field at this point, you know, in, in mid-August. Uh, so they're going to h- handle that accordingly. And the, the goal with Darren Waller is to make sure that he's out there for 17 games and however many playoff games uh, the Raiders play and in optimal uh, condition to, to pull that off. So uh, I don't sense that there's anything serious with Darren Waller. I think it's um, being overly cautious uh, and just handling it prudently at this time of the year. There's no game to be played. I wouldn't I'd be surprised if he played any game, even if he was healthy. There's really no need for Darren Waller uh, to, to be out there or Devontae Adams. Uh, you know, the offensive line is a little bit different. That's a, a, a area of the team that the Raiders have to really assess and figure out what direction they're going to go in. But when you're talking about guys like Devontae and, and Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro, I'd be surprised if any of those guys played during the preseason. And if there's anything going on with them right now, uh, there's no need for them to be out on the practice field uh, either. Vinay Bonsignor is our guest. I really enjoyed your cover story today on Matthew Butler in the Las Vegas Review-Journal. I interviewed him at the Raiders Draft Luncheon, and I was blown away <laughs> with, his, with his vision of life, his family, the way he understood the legends before him. I mean, he's one of the sharpest guys, rookies, I've ever interviewed in my career here with the Raiders, and I was blown away, and you talked about it. You did a deep dive, and it's on the cover today of the Las Vegas Review-Journal. What would you like most about him? Yeah, um, for the exact same reasons that you just mentioned. Um, You know, rookies typically, and I wrote this, you know, they're, they're, they're quiet and they're going about their business with their kind of their head down plugging away, trying to get better. And I know that kind of sounds like a cliche, but it's a tried-and-true approach. And, it, and you know, uh, uh, that's how you kind of have to handle it. But every so often, um, you know, guys say something or do something that gives you a glimpse of what they might become. And in his case, when he spoke to us yesterday, talking about his reverence for Deacon Jones, the mm-hmm. fierce and foursome. Are yeah. you kidding me? Those guys were um, played their last snaps 25 years before you know, uh, he was even born. So for him to even have an understanding of who they were, let alone a reverence that he does have, is really refreshing. But for me, the way he handled himself just in that regard, but then also some of the other things that he said and how he conducted himself, it offered a little bit of a glimpse of a guy that I think, you know, obviously that's happened on the field first and foremost, but I think has leadership qualities. Somebody that uh, down the road, you can see him being a voice of reason and somebody that, you know, uh, stands up in, in trying times. He just has that maturity about him. So we'll see. Um, you know, obviously he has to get it done on the field first, but he's got some qualities that, that 
uh, you definitely look for in a leader. Uh, Vinny, the last few moments I want to spend is to talk about Cliff Branch and the party as I saw you there. And what was your takeaway when you looked around that room from Diana Ross to the gold jackets of the Raiders, but then the other gold jackets that came in, the family, the former teammates who were great players but not Hall of Famers. When you had a chance to take in that entire night and look at it as a journalist, but also someone who you know had a lot of friends in the room there, what would you think of it? Number one, uh, how close the Raider family really is. Uh, and it truly is a family, you know. And I got a little bit of a taste of that. I used to work for the Los Angeles Lakers, and I, I kind of compare those two organizations in terms of how um, they, they respect their past and their history and their legacy uh, and always keep everybody close, uh, whoever played there, whoever went through there. Um, and, and, and so the closest of the family and um, to see all those greats out there to support Cliff Branch and his family, um, specifically the family. Um, it was really nice to see, and I think that you know, for Mark Davis, who spares no expense mm-hmm. uh, to, to to really let people know and acknowledge how much the players, past, present, future, truly means to him. And I always felt like Mark Davis um, speaks for Raider Nation. He's the president, let's say, of Raider Nation, um, and and the way he uh, respects his players, the way he respects his organization the way he honors it, the way he uh, continually uh, keeps everybody connected. Um, not every organization runs that way. Not every, not every organization cares that much to do that, uh, but, but he does. And, you know, I feel like the Raiders are on the cusp of doing some pretty special things, not just for a year or two, but I think they're on the right path to pro- prolonged success. And it's just going to make the whole thing kind of come together, uh, you know, even more so. And and the pride that players are going to have to keep coming back, which they do anyway, regardless of what the record says. Once you're a Raider, you know, always a Raider, and there's always pride in that. Uh, But I think the the on-field product really starting to reflect what this organization has always stood for and always been about. I think it's going to make for even more special reunions and times because I think that there's some great things in store for the Raiders. Vinny, you have a lot of partners for your radio show and everything you do. Let's mention one on the way out. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Tuscany Suites and Casino. Uh, tomorrow we're having a, a big bash. starts at 5 o'clock over at Pub 365. We're doing a school drive uh, donation, supply drive, uh, to, to, uh, to help out Mendoza Elementary School. So anybody that comes by, uh, brings a uh, you know a donation of fifteen dollars or more. We're talking about backpacks, pencils, all that type of stuff. Will automatically be uh, put into a uh, raffle for some great prizes. So come talk football, hang out, get some great food and drinks, uh, and and do something to, to help the community. Thanks, Vinny. Talk to you next week. Appreciate you. All right, guys. Take care. Thanks, JT. You got it, Vinny Bonsignor. Catch him on the mornings here, and the work that he does at the Las Vegas Review Journal. That was a really good column. You know, there's a lot of Raiders content. There's a lot of Aces content because they're trying to make a championship run. There's a lot of content about UNLV football. And I noticed on the cover, the Pro Bowl is back in Vegas in 2023. Hmm. Okay. I'm happy about that. It's good for business. You know, people think the A's are good for business here. I don't. I'm not a shill on that. I won't. You know, for those who think I'm a shill on the Raiders, yeah, 24 years with the team, uh, still standing. And and was will we write about the revenue structure of the Raiders? How's that working out? Working out pretty good. But when it comes to the Pro Bowl, I'll have some comments on that when we come back. The game, the game was the worst sport experience I've ever seen. The atmosphere, some of the best. Had a great time. Unbelievable. I'd go to the Pro Bowl again. But don't tell me you're going to play the game. What are you going to do? Let's just let everybody out on the field. Everybody come out on the field and get autographs. 
and take pictures with these guys. I'm fine with that. The Pro Bowl back. Another reason to get your tickets to get out to Vegas. Welcome back to the JT The Brick Show, brought to you by Remy Martin, the official cognac of the JT The Brick Show. Remy Martin, team up for excellence. JT, next hour we'll talk about a couple of players that I think are making positive noise, including Deron Harmon at safety, the depth. Look, Amik Robertson, I like stars like Lester Hayes and Mike Haynes. If you're taking a third-string guy and making him a second-string guy or have to make a second-string guy a first-string guy, that normally doesn't get me going. But there's some spots here that are open in regards to depth, especially the second-teamers who might be called up to play quickly in this season if certain other guys aren't healthy. So I'm paying attention to a couple of names that we'll get to with Bill Williamson coming up next hour. Steven Houston, you're on the flagship of the Raiders. Thanks for streaming the show. What's happening? Always a great day to be a Raider, JT. Which is, I was, it was great to meet you out at the uh, induction ceremony. And yes. I was going to say, being a Houstonian, Cliff and Snake and also Tatum were the main reasons why I became a fan. I've got three examples. Number one, when uh, Tim Brown won the Hall of Fame, I'm a member of the Houston Raider Booster Club, and I had a Tim Brown cake made. And I was surprised, but I'm not really surprised. Uh, Cliff showed up and everything, and he was out there being very gracious, and we felt so bad that... Um, that he hasn't gone in. We told him many times, we need to get you in there, Cliff, no matter what. So it was an emotional time. He was out there cutting the cake and couldn't be a nicer man. I was at his funeral. Mark Davis and all the great Raider players, Marcus Allen, everybody was there. And I want to tell you, mm-hmm. I'm so darn uh, glad to be part of the Silver and Black. In the middle of all of it. So Cliff's legacy is going to live forever. I knew that before Canton, but after being in Canton and seeing that up close, I'm positive about that. He's got a great legacy going forward. Mitch in New Jersey. You're on Raider Nation Radio. Hello, Mitch. How you doing, JT? Good, Mitch. You know, I know. Uh, I agree with you. They should live up to their contracts. Mm-hmm. Two-way street. But it's kind of funny, though. They, they also are road trips. They don't, have, they don't have to pay for meals and hotels. That, that, that's kind of comical. That's how much money it is. Well, you, think the, you think the Raider players should pay for their hotel room on their road trip? Oh, no, no, no. I, that's just a side note. I mean, I mean, I mean, they're not staying in an extravagant hotel where it's $1,000 a night. Uh, just a nice hotel for sure. But um, I don't like the way like some of these contracts are worded. I wish we could get R.T. Smith. And then the reason I brought the contract, mm-hmm. this thing we're watching. You sign a 10-year contract, and you know you're going to get suspended. Don't, don't make the first year you're working practically pro bono. That's very fishy. Yeah, and that's what's interesting about this when it comes to Deshaun Watson's contract there is the amount of money he'll get paid as he sits out this year. And I think the NFL, from the last thing I heard, the rumor is $10 million that Roger Goodell's going after. He's going after monetary damages, too. So you're going to see what happens here. I cannot believe we're waiting on this decision. But Roger Goodell was just in Canton. He's at the owners' meetings now. He was in Minneapolis. I would hope that decision comes down for the Cleveland Browns and the NFL by tomorrow or Friday, or maybe they'll do another news dump on Friday. 702-365-9200. I thought that was a really good topic to light up the show to start it off, and it did. A lot of people checked in on that. I'll reset at the top of the hour. Where do you stand on NFL contracts and players who are under contract, either who don't practice or report or want new money? And again, it's not specific to the Raiders. It's specific to the NFL. If you want to tie it into a player or someone else, you can go ahead and do that at 702-365-9200. Uh, Harry Ruiz in for me on Friday. 
Friday's also a big day for me. My son's going back to college. I have a sophomore at Arizona State University. So we've got to drive him across to Tempe and get him. We moved him out of the dorms last year when he was done and move him in to an apartment that looks like a hotel. Not different than when I went to college, man. The apartments now in Tempe look like the Mondrian. Pools on the roof. Um, gyms, Equinox gyms. I'm like, really? College? And that doesn't include the food bill, man. The, the, this one, Devon, the younger guy, he lives on Roberto's and Grimaldi's. He lives on Grimaldi's at night, Roberto's in the morning. Man, those Roberto's burritos in the morning, man. They're up. But I take the garbage out. The end of the week, and I lift it up. All the Robertos, man, and my kids love it, man. They eat me out of house and home. But we're back to empty nesting on Saturday as both the boys, one at Oklahoma for his senior year and one at ASU for his sophomore year, man. I get a, I would get a new pen for writing the checks. All right, when we come back, we'll talk to Bill Williamson. He'll join us, the great Raider insider. He's fantastic. We'll get his opinion on what's happening at camp. Uh, Sam and Ash. Our favorite personal injury attorneys. Clearly, we're going to talk about Marshawn Lynch's DUI. I have no other information on that, but that's their expertise on what's happening there. We'll just touch on that and go around Las Vegas as they're involved with the community. And Kurt Heelan from NBC, basketball talk on Kevin Durant and what Durant wants going forward. Is That is a big topic heading into the weekend. Hour number two next.